welcome, welcome, welcome to the Coos Control Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Cusimano. You guys are officially on Coos Control now. I have two of my closest friends to this day. We've been friends for, goodness, man, maybe five, six, seven-ish years, possibly more. Um, I might be undershoring it just a little bit over here. But I'm with uh, Luis Diaz here and Nick Hardwick, two of my closest friends. And we're talking about the NFL draft here. Um, we're going to be talking about just we're doing a pre-draft podcast here. We wanted to do something before all the madness starts on Thursday. Uh, Nick, you want to say uh, howdy do, any hellos, goodbyes, anything at all? Uh, I'm just ready to get started. Uh, just hope my, my Bucks just don't choose a kicker in the first with their first pick and then we'll be all right. Yeah, no, no more uh, Robbie Aguayo, you know, not picking him in the uh, – Yeah, we, we don't need none of that. No, that's no. Like, that's <laughs> a new era. I was going to ask what round he went in. Lewis, what do you have to say? Hello? Yeah, basically what Nick said, you know, no kickers, uh, punters, anything that's not going to score points or going to keep people from scoring. I was going uh, to say, you, I mean, you, you, I like can't forget about, you can't forget about the punter either over here, man. I haven't seen a punter drafted in a hot minute. But, all right, so we're going to kick it off real quick. I don't want to make this podcast too incredibly long. Um, we're going to be shooting for just about 20 minutes here. So what we're going to start at first is we're going to say, obviously, you have to talk about this with any NFL draft. doesn't matter if it's 2019 or if it's 1982. Who is going to go at number one to the Cardinals? Um, we got news, I think, a few days – no, like literally yesterday that the Cardinals apparently are not – they're looking to not take Murray. That's what's been told and what's been said. Um, there's some people that believe it, some that don't. Um, what do you guys think? you guys think they go Kyler at one, or do you think they go with um, – you know, maybe like a Nick Bosa at the position. Lewis, I'll I'll have you start off first. Go ahead. Alrighty. Um, I think they're probably gonna go Kyler, um, which I, I wouldn't do if I was a GM. You got Rosen, and, and is uh, going into his second year. I believe he should probably be given a little bit more time to develop, especially uh, with the new head coach. Uh, I forget his name right now, but. I believe he is. What is it, Cliff Berry? Cliff Berry? Yeah, Cliff. Double K, KK, whatever you want to call him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's good at developing quarterbacks. You saw him, Texas Tech. With, you see what Baker Mayfield did, and then you saw what happened with Kyler Murray, possible number one pick. Um, I think him and Rosen can, can do good. You know, um, if I was the GM, I would go – with a defensive lineman, probably Bosa or Quinn and Williams. Gotcha. Yeah. Nick, what do you, what do you got to say to that? Yeah. I, I, I don't think they're going to take Murray. I, I don't believe in the hype, like with the quarterbacks in this draft, honestly, like my bold take is that no quarterbacks get taken to the top 10. That's my, that's my bold take. So I think they're either going to like Lewis said, either Quinnen or, uh, or Bosa with that first pick. It'd be, it'd be tough for them to go elsewhere with it. In my opinion. Yeah, and I'm, and then, you know, my take on it, honestly, is that, you know, you can't go wrong if you pick Bosa or Quinn and Williams at that pick either. This isn't one of the, I mean, you know, no draft is where, I don't, I've never seen a draft where there's not someone that you can take it. You, there's always someone you can take at one. There's always some quality player that you can take there. And this draft, you have two of those guys there. I still, at, at this point, it seems like they're not going to go Murray. I understand why they would take a guy like Kyler Murray with how dynamic he is, but to give up on a guy like Josh Rosen after one year, I mean, it makes no sense if you're that franchise, but 
Could I see them doing it? Absolutely. Um, just as I can see Kyler going to maybe in Oakland where, you know, they ditch Derek Carr and they move on with Kyler Murray. So I just don't know. I mean, if I'm a GM, I'm honestly riding, I'm riding the Rosen train here and I'm going to go with either, you know, Bosa or Williams. But like I've, this past month, man, it's been Murray, man. And it's been, you know, the hype's been around him. I wouldn't be too surprised to see him go on Thursday. So with that leading into that question, where do you think he goes and if he doesn't go to Arizona at one? And Nick, I'll have you go first. I'll have you start. Um, dang it. I was, I was waiting for Lewis to talk so I can uh, take his ideas. Dang it. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, I, I like somebody said something about, even though I don't have him going in the top 10, I like somebody saying uh, John Gruden, John Gruden pulling a fast one. And, you know, since they, what they, they're not sending, apparently they're not sending any scouts to the draft or something. They're trying to be like super secretive. So I could see maybe the Raiders. And if not, if, when he probably does drop out of the top 10, either uh, m- maybe Miami or Giants or somebody possibly trading back or something like that to get him. But I, I don't know. I just don't feel like he's worth to jump the gun and like take him that early with as good as defensive prospects that are out there. You know what I mean? Like you got a lot of like defensive linemen and, you know, linebackers like Devin White who can like change your whole defense. And I mean, I mean, you could argue that uh, Kyler will change the whole offense of some schemes, but I don't know. In today's day and age, you got to go defense. I hear you on that. Lewis, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't go to the, the Cardinals uh, and he gets past the, the Giants at number six, uh, I I don't know where he would go. As far as maybe the top ten, uh, I can see Bengals maybe taking a crack at him. Uh, like Nick said, the Dolphins definitely, you know, can use a, a quarterback of his caliber. Somebody oh, Redskins or oh, the Red, yeah, number fifteen. Um, the Dolphins, they're kind of intriguing because I mean, Miami, big city, big name, Kyler Murray. It would definitely fill up the stadium. Definitely, you know, excite people about the Dolphins. Um. Yeah, they've had no ex- excitement. Like, and Lord knows, like they've been super excited about Tannehill. Now he's going to be Mariota's backup. I that see. Team, like, but that team, <laughs> yo. We, speaking about a Miami, though, like you know, Nick brought up Miami. You brought up New York. You brought up um, Lewis. Brought up Cincy, though. And the thing is, forget it. Like Cincy's still. I, I don't want to say Andy Dalton. You know, off Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton, right? But with teams like, I mean, if the Giants or Miami land him that late in the draft, which it's not late, it's like a mid-pick, right? But that's who you build your team around because, you know, the Giants aren't that bad, but Miami's a rebuild if you ever saw one, man. That team is completely reconstructed. So, I mean, you could, you know, say he falls all the way to Miami there. You pick him, right? You just got to build the team around him, and that's the biggest, biggest thing. So, this wouldn't be no Cleveland Brown project like Baker did last year where they're more competitive. I mean, they would still be terrible, but that'd be a nice pick, though, for Miami if they picked them there. It I really mean, I mean can, you, can you see, like, rookie head coach Flores, was it Brian Flores, like, making the jump, like, you know, making some blockbuster, like, trade up in an attempt to get Murray? Like, how ballsy of a move would that be if he, like, pulled something like that? Oh, Because, you know what I mean? Like, imagine being, like, a rookie coach. and Like, what, there's, like, six – or six different head coaches, right? Or eight? 
but you got a couple like rookie head coaches. This is like their first draft. Like, could you like you know? I, I feel like one or two of them are gonna try to set some precedent of like you know I'm mean, like hey like I'm here and I'm trying to make some moves for my team or something. I mean, obviously they're not GMs, but you know what I mean. Like, they gotta make their name somehow. No, and it's a good. I mean, it really is a good point because you know they could you know a coach like a new coach like him where. The thing is, you know, being a Pats fan, he comes from the Bill Belichick mold where I think New England has only moved up, from my from my recollection, only one time when they picked Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower um, way back. And that was a great first. I mean, you want to talk about two guys who are two studs. That was a great draft for them. But if he's in that mindset, a typical New England mindset where they normally trade back and not trade up, then I don't see him making a big splash like that. But I also don't want to just say he's the same type of coach as Belichick is because he's not. You know what I mean? He, I, mean that, that was, I don't want to say that. Good but point. That's a good point, though. Like, I feel like, you know, they could trade back with that 13th pick, especially with how, like, dense everything is with defense and quarterbacks. And, you know, everyone's thinking they're going to try to take a QB. But if they bounce back, you know, maybe get, like, a, a two second rounders and, like, a third rounder or something like that, try to – because it's a deep draft, you know. It's a very yeah. So. Now it is, and uh, we'll uh, you know we'll see what happens. I, I really, I mean, you know, looking at my mock draft and probably the ones you guys have made too, it'd be crazy to see Murray not go at one. And I say crazy, but I don't mean that at the same time because I could also see them not picking Murray. It's just it'll be really interesting to see where he goes. So moving you. on, go ahead, Lewis. If if he does fall out of the top ten. Um, Miami would be the get the team that I would see him taking him, not even thinking twice about it. Just he's going to Miami if he doesn't, if he doesn't uh get picked in the top ten for whatever reason, or even like a top six. Yeah, like top six. If he's out of the top six, like yeah, he's because who who else is after the Giants that would like even consider it? Miami. I'm looking at I'm looking at yeah. you have, no you, you have a Miami you have Denver at ten which I always forget about you have them at ten yeah but they just signed Joe Flacco <laughs> yeah you're gonna you're gonna give up faith in Casey Keenum and Joe Flacco for some rook yeah come on come on now <laughs> come on <laughs> hey listen if <laughs> I can't even man I'm trying to just oh my goodness I'm just trying to think about it from like a Denver side. That's because I was going to say, like, you brought up Lewis, brought up Miami. Really, though, if he, if Murray doesn't get picked at six with the Giants, if he doesn't get picked at 10, or if he doesn't get picked at six with the Giants, if you're Denver, why do you not take Murray? You know, because you have Flacco, right? You have Flacco, right? But here's the reality you don't need to play Murray right away. You sit him on the bench, you let Flacco do his thing. How do you pass on him at 10? And the same thing with money. Yeah, pig. That's it. Hey, the dollar bill speaks, man, you know. I just don't uh, – yeah. but it's the same way with Miami. You know, with Miami, it's the same way. You know, if you – if Murray's there at 13, how do you not pick him? I, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way with Denver, though, and say, why not pick him at 10 and just stash him, and then he's your future? Because you can't say Flacco is for Denver. Well, cause I don't I, think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, like the Broncos don't need a defense alignment. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe – but I, I don't know. I don't, if, like – if uh, what one of those uh, tackles, whether it's the one from Florida or Jonah Williams, like if one of them fall, it'd be tough for the Broncos not to take a, a tackle neither. So yeah, one, one of the fair. No, that's fair. At uh, in Denver, you have offensive linemen and some linebacker. If Devin White falls there, they're taking Devin White. 
Um, well, G- oh, dude. I forgot Jaguars are at seven. That's but uh, oh, they got Nick Foles though. They just got they just signed. Nick yeah, Foles, no. So. If it doesn't make sense to take your quarterback, you know, somebody like Kyler Murray at number and your first round pick, whether it's ten or you know thirteen, unless you're the Dolphins who don't have a quarterback. And you know, I kind of like Fitz Magic and all, but he's like thirty eight. <laughs> hey. He's- He's, he gave us the best three games of our season. A magical, a magical three games. Don't forget about those three games. Magic. He gave us the magic. best games anybody could have given us. I yeah. do give him that. Now, and, and I mean, you know, going back to what, you know, Lewis's first point, though, you know, you ignore Denver here, forget them. Um, I'm not a Denver fan by any means either, so I don't care what they do. Um, if, they pick, if they pick Devin White there, man, that would be filthy for that defense, though. Um, but, no, I mean, if you're Miami, forget Denver. If you're Miami, there's no way you pass up on him there. The way they might look at it and say, why are we going to put Murray in a – I mean, Miami might be one of the worst teams next year, though. The way they completely just deconstructed that team, they could be miserable. So why would you put Murray on a team like that? You can make that argument. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that – I mean, he's a special player there. So we'll see. But, listen, moving on, we're going to talk about your team. We have to talk about your team. Um just because you guys are on this podcast, you guys are so generous here. So the Bucks, what did the Bucks do at five? That's the question. Um, I'll start with Lewis here. In my opinion, he's thinking real hard. So obviously, Quan left, so we have a a big gap at a linebacker, especially. Did he just disconnect? Yeah, I think we just lost uh, Lewis here. We lost Lewis. I think he can come back though, right? Yeah, he can. I I, I think uh, he can come back in. He's got to be able to come back in. Yeah, he can just yeah rejoin it. But uh, what should we call it? Go pick, picking up kind of where he left off. I was look. I'm just looking at uh, NFL.com of like they have this predict the pick on their site, and the top three guys they have for the Bucks is either Josh Jacobs, the running back out of Alabama. Montez Sweat, the edge uh, rusher out of Mississippi State, or Devin White, uh, the stud out of LSU. I mean, if you if you were to look at just that three, like I, I don't see how you don't take Devin White. You know what I mean? Like to me, if I'm the Bucks, but I mean it was like last year when we wanted Derwin James, and I remember like me and Lewis literally there, like oh we remember when the Bucks traded back, we're like oh my god. We traded back. We're making smart moves. No one took Derwin James. We can snag him late. And then we take Vita Vea. And then what? Vita Vea played three games this season. I mean, hopefully he bounces back and plays good. But, I mean, you know, I think this year you just go for the best, the stud on the table. And I think the stud would be Devin White at pick five. I think Lewis is yeah, back I'm now. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. It kicked me out. Okay. Um, what did you guys hear? I don't know. Just start. Uh, start well, I was saying, really. like, you know, we lost Quan Alexander, who was, you know, pretty big for us, star linebacker yeah. next to uh, Levante David. Uh, with him gone, we don't really have anybody else behind, be, uh, besides Levante David. So, either way, at number five, if we don't see Josh Allen, um, Devin White, or Ed Oliver, I think we're going to end up trading back just to get 
you know, somebody that's not going to be seen as a reach at number five, and we can probably get more yeah. picks. Yeah. Now, whether we get Allen, Oliver, or White at number five, all those three are going to be studs in the NFL. Um, Devin White has been compared to, you know, people like uh, Ray Lewis and uh, who's the other guy? Bobby Wagner. People that can cover big leaders, a stud on the field, basically. Yeah. What, he, he runs like a 440, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I mean, like, Oliver. And, like, you watch him play. The dude's like, he'll be in the middle of the field, balls thrown. Uh, you know, it's a dump down, easy pickup for five yards, you would think, for the running back. And then he's right there to, like, pretty much shut it down at the oh, line yeah. of scrimmage. It's just his, his speed Josh is incredible. Allen has, you know, he played for Kentucky in the same division or a conference as uh, Devin White at LSU, and he won the Defensive Player of the Year there. So that that speaks to, yeah. to me. Uh, he's seen as the best pass rusher in this draft uh, off of the edge. He's faster than Von Miller and uh, Miles Garrett. Ed Oliver has been compared to uh, Aaron Donald size-wise, speed, hands, and just playmaking ability. So I, I would be happy with any of those three at number five. Or if Quinn Williams falls, we'd be happy with oh, him yeah, too. Oh yeah, him too. I just I don't see him falling. Yeah. No. Somebody somebody was saying they watched him on ESPN. They were doing this little thing, uh, you know, some about his life, and he had braces on, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to play with braces." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> You're not gonna take this stud because he has braces? Get out of here! Yeah. Like, I'm. Thank God you're not the GM. He just the guy hasn't played Madden before, you know. And Nick, man, give him, the, you know, cut him some slap over here. Yeah, that's you know, none never. Of Madden, none of his Madden players have Madden. That's a Twitter GM. <laughs> that's a Twitter GM. Hey, the Twitter, the Twitter, Twitter GMs GM. are the best yeah. ones, man. Honestly, listen, I'm not saying Lewis doesn't have fire takes, you know, on Twitter. I'm not saying that. I mean, listen, it's you know, the thing is, like, you know, Nick brought up the Derwin James thing, which is funny because I forgot all about that draft and. I mean, you look at Derwin James, no one knows about Vita Vey yet. You know, the the jury's still out on him. You can't talk about someone who is yet to really contribute, right? But, right. I mean, you look at what Derwin James did in L.A., and it's like, dang, dude. Because, I mean, it was it was good thinking where, hey, let's just trade back because they could have still picked them up there. But, you know, that's the risk you take. So I look at the Bucks, and it's a very interesting position to be at because there are so many good players, man, in this top – you know, I'm looking at maybe top, like, seven to eight. I, I'm not saying the rest of the draft is crap from there, but they could. If they wanted to trade down, they could. If, even if they wanted to trade down a few spots, they could do that. But this whole thing with Murray, if Murray doesn't go to one, that's going to throw things for a loop a little bit because my assumption is Nick Bosa goes at one. My guess is maybe they pick him. They pick Quinn and Williams. You know, then maybe you have a Josh Allen go, Quentin Williams, you know, Montez Sweats there. There's all these guys that can go. So the Bucks might, you know, right. it, you know, maybe it's Devin White. You know, he just falls in their lap. But keep in mind that, you know, now you – everybody projected Murray to go at one. You're now losing out on a guy like possibly Quentin Williams if he goes before. You might lose out on a Josh Allen. But you still have Devin White sitting in your lap, which no one's going to complain about, obviously. So 
it's going to be really interesting to see what happens just based on what Arizona does, what these other teams choose to do as well, too. So, you know, the Bucks are in a good position. I could see them trading back, but they might not do it if they feel comfortable with who they want to go with at five. I mean, that is, that is a scary thought. Like, Arizona has basically what Arizona does sets the precedent for how, like, the draft yeah. is going to go. Like, that first pick, if they go Murray, all right, then everyone's going to try to go defense, and it's going to be like, okay. And if they don't take Murray, then it's like, oh, crap. And then, like, Murray's just going to fall. I mean, Giants, it'd be tough It'd be tough for the Giants, like, pass up on Murray. I think Lewis brought that up. Like, you know what I mean? That'd be really hard on them. I mean, and then we brought up the Raiders, too. But I, we have Derek Carr, I feel like. I, don't, I, I feel like Gruden and Carr have a solid relationship. Yeah, I think so, too. It's, I mean, it's such a – it's so funny what's going on with Oakland, all this drama, because it's setting up for Oakland to do something really weird where, hey, you know, who knows? I mean, John Gruden, I'm not I, – I, you got to give the dude credit for, you know, knowing what he's doing, you would think, right? But I could. I mean, that's a team where maybe they do pick, you know, Murray at four. You know, and they don't pick, you know, Rashawn Gary. They don't pick Montez. They don't go with one of those defensive guys, and they go with – you know, Kyler Murray, and they're just like, yeah, forget it. We're going to trade Carl away to the Giants, and they do something weird like that. So a lot goes on that first pick. But I look at this draft, and I just don't – with Murray not going at one now, I don't see any sure things. You know, when you do your mock draft, anything can happen. And that's probably the most exciting thing about this draft is it's just all over the place. Oh, yeah, this is definitely one of those drafts that's just like, uh – Yeah. You have no idea. No, gonna so we'll see. You know, obviously we'll see what happens. Question. Yeah. No, I'm right here again. still. I I just got oh, back in. I didn't see him. Yeah, because I can't I can't see him oh. here, but whatever. All right, so we're still moving on. Nick keep not Nick Lewis keeps getting booted out of this uh, podcast over here. He gave his he gave his two cents and then peaced out all over here. But uh, booted and booted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why he keeps kicking about, but anyway, so. <laughs> Moving on to the next question here, which I don't know how much Nick and Lewis are going to chime in. They both love the Patriots like I do. So um, with the Pats pick at 32, we obviously have to talk about my team here only to be fair, right? So this is going to be the shortest conversation ever for a draft pick. So Pats pick at 32, like any good Patriot fan, unless you're a new Patriot fan, like out of the womb, you'll know that Belichick is either going to make a pick, which probably he won't do, or he'll trade that pick and then we'll end up picking in the second and third round and getting – multiple picks there which he could do like he normally does all the mock drafts are showing that they're going to go with the receiver there I don't see them picking a receiver there if they pick someone at 32 I would be amazed because it's just it's not a very it's just not a Bill Belichick move they just I don't ever see them picking a receiver that early but so right here though I got that they can either choose so here's some like three solid options you got a backup in Daniel Jones. You got a tight end in Irv Smith. Or I just can't see this. I can't see him falling all the way at 32, but if he's there, you have to yeah. take him. Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson. But, like, I don't understand. Like, how could he – that's another guy who is just, like, I see him all over the boards, like all the mock drafts I'm looking at. And it's just, like, watching him play, I don't understand how he, you can let him fall that far. Like, that's – to me, he has to be at least a mid-level, you know, like top 15, in my opinion, top 15 pick. Like him, yeah. and, him and Wilkins are studs. Like, 
I, I remember watching the Miami Hurricanes versus uh, Clemson with you guys. I mean, it was tough watching the game with Lewis laughing for the uh, the majority of the game. game. Uh, since Miami got blown, Lewis out, was but, all dude, about like, the U that game. Miami's bro. trying to. He was run. all about the U. <laughs> <laughs> all about clowning on us because, like, every single zone read, like either Farrell would make it or uh, Wilkins would make it, and like I don't, I don't remember us getting a play over three yards because they were right there to make the play. And I was, was like, dude, these are defensive tackles, funny. bro, and freaking, they're all over us, bro. <laughs> I'm like, See, you know what? Like, and listen, I mean, you like, guys know I love so college bad. football here, man. I'll tell you what's funny with Miami, right? You know, I, I look at, you know, obviously, you know, we're all, we're actually, we're all USF fans over here. I know Nick roots for the U as well, too. But the funny thing is, is, you know, with USF, oh, right, is that and we're going off topic here, but, you know, they don't, you know, the Miami pulls in way better talent than they do just like across the board, right? And their offensive line, I would have to think, you know, the University of Miami has you know, more, quote-unquote, more talented guys on the line than USF does, right? And the fact that they got manhandled right. like they did in that game against a Clemson. But to be fair, though, I mean, when you look at guys on that line, dude, I mean, you can't, you're looking at three first-rounders for Clemson going. In. So you can't, you, you can't yeah. really say – I don't, I don't want to discredit Miami's offensive line, even though you, you kind of have to just because you can't get beat that badly in a game. But – there's so many – this draft is weird where you have guys like um, – you have guys like Farrell and you have guys like – I mean, we were talking about this before. You have guys like Rashawn Gary as well too where they're just – it's all – it's like no one really knows where they're going to go because we're – you know, scouts and, and experts and yada, yada, they're not sure like what their like true value is. So it, it's a really yeah. weird draft in that way where you might have a guy like – you know, maybe Farrell does fall all the way at the end just because they, you know, he just doesn't fit a scheme or who, who knows, who knows? Well, and it's just that deep, it's just that deep of a draft yeah. though. And that's what makes it so like, that's why it's going to be such an interesting draft dude. Cause it's just like, yeah, you don't know Look, where the heck it's going to go. I, uh, I got I love pulled up here. The, the Pat's roster at quarterback in the first round, knowing Bill Belichick, the little bit that I do. I don't think he's going to pick a quarterback. You got Brian Hoyer as a backup, and you got Denny Atling, or however you say his name, that you just drafted in. The loaded. I don't think you guys are going to. Whatever his name is, I don't think you guys are going to pick a quarterback. I see your uh, your defense, and all I can think of is old players. You got Michael Bennett's old. Dante Hightower's old. The McCurdy twins are old. You know, you got a, a a little bit of, I guess, age and experience. You could say, in the defensive side, um, I definitely see them taking either a defensive tackle, um, or somebody in in the the defensive back type uh, position. You know, DeAndre Baker a safety. Um, I see a lot of mock drafts here. Have you drafting? A wide receiver. Yeah. I don't know why you just signed Demarius Thomas. You have Julian Edelman. Um, two people that I would. Well, how how yeah? How old is he? Here's the thing now. with the Demarius Thomas. You're no, he's not that. You're old. hoping for what's amazing is the fact that New old. England they paid this dude, man. This guy's getting six mil a year, 
and he's on the back end of his career, man. Like, I mean, I you can you, you can ask uh, Raja over here when we picked him in fantasy. You know, this guy's on the back end, man. He was a comb- I don't want to say he was a bust with Denver last year, but what I mean, he just you see, you know, so he's 31. this is you know kind of the last hurrah for him. And obviously, he, it's a big difference going from Case Keenum to Tom Brady. You know. Well, no, he was with he was just with uh, Deshaun. He was actually. I guess he wasn't playing that bad with Deshaun Watson, but then I think what what he just what injury I think he did he come off? Tore of, his ACL or something. Um, yeah, I thought he tore his ACL. Did he I mean, tear it in their playoff game? At thirty-one. No. I think it was. I, think Shoot, it was right, I thought he played like in that playoff game. But, or but the like thing that. is, I mean, you look at their, you know, they. The the point of the matter is with a team like the Pats is that. Someone made the point where they can definitely trade up this year. Like this is the year to trade up. Their roster needs some help, but. I, you know, I'm not saying Belichick won't do that. He's done it before in the past, but I don't see them picking a receiver at 32 just because it doesn't, no, it doesn't no. seem like a Belichick pick here, a Belichick pick at all. But no, but, but can, listen, I can see I mean, a, this is a draft though. I mean, when you look at this team's roster now, right, obviously you still have the goat, but you look at the roster, like top to bottom, there's still talent on it, but this would be the time to like reload because they didn't do anything in free agency. Their big free agency moves was the Marius Thomas and Michael Bennett, which probably will start for you next year, but they got a lot of holes, man. They got an aging defense. So I'll be curious to see what they do at 32. I know how they operate. What they'll probably do is if they don't like anything at 32, they'll trade back. I'm hoping they make some moves in this draft because they need to try to keep this roster as good as possible while Brady's still playing. I mean, right now it almost seems like, you know, they're on a like, hey, you know, let's <laughs> – Let's just kind of like work around our holes because Gronk retired and we let this one go and this, this, and that. So we'll move on um, to the last question that will probably eat up a little bit more time here. So clicking on this real quick here. So what I want to ask y'all is trades you want to see in this draft. You know, if you want to see teams move up or down, if you want to see Josh Rosen go to the Giants, or if you want to see Derek Carr go to Washington or vice versa in I'll make it a two-part question. So it's trades you want to see and also just kind of like final thoughts on this draft of, you know, players that kind of strike your fancy, you know, what you think about. I, we could continue to talk about the quarterbacks and see, you know, what do you think about Drew Locke and Daniel? I, I'm throwing a lot at you here, but. um, No, I know. Like, I mean, let's just have like a, I like a conversation about it because, you know, we kind of just keep. We'll just keep going, just keep you know. Going so and going I don't know. I like. I, I think we're probably. You know, we all like. I like. We all like the idea of. I. I, well, I like the idea of the Dolphins trying to move up and get Murray. I feel like that would be like a big move on their end. You know what I mean? But or Murray or at least Haskins. Like I think they need because you need a build with some sort of QB. I think Haskins can be. I don't think he's that guy to come in and change the entire dynamic of a team. You know, but I think he's a solid piece to build off of. You know, so I think they need better. I mean, and, and you don't want Drew Lo- Drew Lock, or you don't want to be yeah. stuck with Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? You got to get somebody in that top. It's, somebody was saying that it's it's deep in QBs this year, but I mean, is it though? Like you got you got Julian Edelman from Penn State, and like that's that's it. Like what? Those are like. Yeah, it's, it's a it's them. a draft like from a quarterback perspective. So. From what I've seen, top to bottom, you have uh, the thing. The way I see it is, you have a guy like Haskins and Murray who 
I don't even, I mean, what do you think about Haskins? I'll bring the question up to both of y'all. I mean, do you think Haskins is a guy that should start day one for a team? Yeah, I mean, no. Well, Miami. I, I can start from Miami day one. <laughs> it's, I mean, um, but, but, but it's a, it's a, it's a, true, it's a true question, though, because, like, Murray is the only guy from what I have seen, read, anything, right? All of my, my expertness in terms of what I know about, you know, you know, prospects and all that jazz, right? Murray would be the only one I would think that should play right away, should start day one for a team. I don't care if it's Arizona. The, um, you know, the Giants could let him sit, you know, whatever, right? But a guy like Haskins, that's why I brought up before where, you know, Haskins almost thrives better on a team like New York where you don't have to throw him to start right away. Technically in Miami, you don't either if you want to roll with Fitzmagic, who's 38, right? You could do that. But – I mean, you know, that's that's a tough thing with this draft because I look at a guy like Drew Locke and I look at Daniel Jones. Ideally, you don't play these guys right away, right? I'd almost even argue that with Dwayne Haskins. I think he's yeah. going to be a good quarterback, but I wouldn't throw him to the limelight right away. And if he goes to a team like Miami, he almost has to though. No, I mean, if you, especially Miami, you know, they have they have Fitzpatrick, so it's not, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the end of the world like to throw Fitzpatrick in for a couple games and then you know you know kind of do what the Browns I think what the Browns did with yeah. Baker Mayfield was kind of perfect you know like of where they had Tyrod and then everyone was trying to kind of make drama out of it I mean part part of that was hard knocks but I felt like they didn't do much good things that year but the best thing they did was letting Baker wait bringing him in like in the perfect game against a struggling Jets team and then, you know, yeah. it, it was history from there. You know what I mean? So I, I'm like, thinking uh, somebody that I would want to see make a trade is uh, the Jets. I feel like the Jets can um, – they only have – in the top 50 picks, they, they only have one pick. Um, I, I say that they trade out of the, the first round, sell number three pick, Get as many picks as they can, and um, just don't don't do anything in the first round uh, as far as the Jets go. But I, I feel like uh, Seattle uh, could be one of those teams that surprises people and trades with Seattle mm-hmm. and gets Russell Wilson some yeah. help. Um, as far as uh, Kyler Murray goes, uh, as a Buck fan, I kind of want. You know, people to take buck uh, quarterbacks before us, so we can get our our pick as far as number five, whether it's Bosa, Quinn Williams, or Devin White, or Oliver, uh, or even Josh Allen. Um, what was the second part of the question? Mike? I know this was like this wasn't even like a two part. This was like a five part question right over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing too much out. It was like a quiz, man. It was like a, uh, it was like an FCAT question over here, man. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else was the other question. I mean, it was almost, it was kind of like final thoughts on the rest because I'm looking right now at what I, you know, what I have on my computer in terms of mocks and players and stuff like that. Um, I, I like your point, Lewis, about the Jets trading out of three. I also could see them keeping that pick if they wanted to pick Josh Allen there, which seems like the popular pick. Um, but 
what I'll spin is really that we'll make this the last two finals, but it's only going to be two. It's not going to be five or six questions in a row right here. Um, what do you guys think about players like Rashawn Gary? And the other one I'm going to bring up as well, too. I know we kind of touched on, you know, the quarterbacks just a little bit. We don't need to talk about them anymore. What do you guys think about guys like Rashawn Gary? And then I'll also bring up DK Metcalf as well, too. Nick, go ahead. Oh, oh. I, I think – I feel like Metcalf's a little overrated if you look at his, like, stats compared to other wide receivers. I think people look at the combine and it's just like, whoa. But, I mean, like, to me, if you're a Saquon Barkley and you have an amazing like, combine, it's like, whoa, you're putting up these numbers and you, you, you're you this athletic? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, put this guy at number two. But, I mean, like, Metcalf, I mean, his numbers were, you know, what do you have, like 700 yards yeah. and nine touchdowns or something like that. And then, you know, you're alongside another great wide receiver, what, A.J. Brown. And then, I mean, there's other guys like, what, Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. You got homie out of uh, ISU, Akeem Butler. Like, you got, you know, you got some studs in, with wide receivers. I was talking about this with, with Travis earlier. Like, you, when you got so many studs at wide receiver, hearing that DK Metcalf will go mid, in the mid, like, 10s, like, like around 15, 16, I don't know. To me, that's, like, a, that's that would be a stretch. Something, something that I've so seen with this draft like is that. Uh, no matter like what position it is, there's no real like number one clear player at each position. I mean, you look at quarterbacks, there's questions whether it's Kyler Murray or Haskins. Yeah. Uh defensive tackle, right. you got Oliver and Williams, uh with uh Bosa and Allen, tight end Hawkinson and Fant, you know, there's no real big gap and like you said you know you just name all like six wide receivers that could go in the first round um yeah Metcalf and then uh Hakeem Butler have been kind of compared to Calvin Johnson and I don't think the NFL has had somebody like Calvin Johnson since Calvin Johnson and the closest one was Julio Jones and lately in the past few years he's been sort of inconsistent yeah I'll, I'll talk about that from fantasy experience. So a very, very, very good point that hits home here. Um, a, a good, a good yeah. Obviously, the sarcasm behind a good point there, man. But you want to talk about a dude from a fantasy perspective that you wanted to rip your hair out over, man. I could not believe this dude that he – I think – I want to say his final TD numbers that year might have been four to five when we picked them. I mean, it was a great pick besides that, but we couldn't believe it. The, the guy couldn't score touchdowns. Um, and it wasn't who They just never – they never threw him the ball. Never had the opportunity in the red zone. Wasn't open – you know, wasn't not, – not wasn't open on deep passes, but just wasn't there. But Nick brought up DK Metcalf. He brought up a good point with him where you look at these other receivers in the draft, and I have not done – it's probably the one position – the one – not just the one, but I have, there's other several positions I haven't looked too closely at but I have not looked at the other receivers in the draft besides Metcalf. I looked at Brown trying to think if I looked at, I know D I know Debo Debo Samuel. Dang Debo. I'm like, I'm going to mess this dude's name up, man. Um, I know what type of game he has, but all of these dudes, like what separates Metcalf and it's his 40 
he's, you know, physical freak in terms of, you know, you look at those combine numbers, right? But maybe the reason this guy's hyped up as much as he is because they're looking at, you know, that ceiling. They're looking at how raw of a prospect he is. And you always have to remember that because it's the same way with these college football teams. You know, they'll recruit guys, you know, perfect example. We, you know, we all went to high school with them. George Campbell, right? Guy got recruited out of Eastlake. He was a guy where all these D1 programs were banking on him as a, you know, 6'5 guy. What did George run? A four, what does he run? A 4'3", four, 4'4"? Four, four? Yeah, Something crazy. Was in so can you blame these teams? You know, you're banking yeah. on this guy as – just the physical freak he is. So I think Metcalf's the same way where he didn't, you know, like Nick brought up, doesn't have the production or not, not a lot of production, but they see this guy that just is a freak in nature in terms of what he can do and what that potential is. And, you know, that's what they're banking on. Now, if I'm a GM, do I invest a first round pick in that? Probably not. Just because you have guys in this drafted receiver yeah. position where, you know, they could be as good, if not better, you know, not saying I'm hated. I'm not hating on Metcalf, well, and, uh, but it, I, you know, yeah, I mean, goodness. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't think he was a little overrated. Absolutely. Hey, and in George's defense, too, I mean, injuries and terrible coaching at FSU mess things up. But, I mean, because you also got to take into account the system these guys are going into. So, like, when you just look at somebody who's a combine player like Metcalf, uh, I want to say combine player, but you know what I mean, like a stud in the combine, you have to see – where he's going to look. I, I see him. They they got the. They're saying maybe the Bills will take him. You mean to tell me if he goes to Buffalo, he's giving them high production? Like they have the guys there to really make sure yeah. this kid like blows up. I I find that doubtful. I, I don't think Allen's gonna. Josh Allen's gonna make a stud out of DK Metcalf or vice he's just versa. gonna. He's just gonna tell him to go long. And he's you know just gonna chuck the ball eighty yards in that. And hope that he catches Honestly, he might. He's a yeah. mad. He's a yeah. he's a madden dude, bro. Just send him on a go. Him. Throw it up to him. See what happens. But I mean, like, I think if you know a guy like Metcalf gets into a good system, to where you know, what I mean, you have a good quarterback. Like, what, like if you went to Seattle, for instance, like that could be somewhere good for him. Like with Russell Wilson, you know what I mean? To where he actually has a good QB. But if they try to set him up in a, a situation, like I said, Buffalo. Or hell, even Tennessee or something like that. Like, it's just gonna be. I think it'll just go downhill. You know, you need, you need that. You need to go to a right place to where they're actually gonna build you up instead of. You're not. He's not going somewhere and I changing think, the game there. Yeah. Like they have to. No, and that and that's a great. I mean, it's a. It's it really is, man. I mean, it, that's a great point. Just because, yeah. I, I mean, I would argue these other receivers don't you know they could come into a team like a buffalo and probably succeed right away where metcalf well you know when i bring up you know when i brought the george example before it was nothing like i was just merely touching on his recruitment from high school to fsu i didn't even touch on like what happened to him while he was at fsu but i think like metcalf's the perfect example of someone where you know you're 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 just you're banking on, you're you're banking on size, size and speed. I mean, and look at, you know, you can bring up Tay, you know, Tay Scott's recruitment. I mean, Tay was, Tay was still a four-star, you know, Tay was still a baller out, out of East. Like everybody knew that. Right. But they, he wasn't rated as high as George was yeah. because George had the size. I don't know what Tay, I don't even, do you guys know no. what Tay ran in a 40? I know we're getting off. T- I think, 
I think I think it was four or five. Four or five <laughs> and, you, and the thing is, what's amazing, I bring this example to my dad. You know, anytime we talk about, you know, just you know, when you got when you go on, when you look at like you know a high ceiling or someone who's more of a sure thing, I, I think that's what they were looking at with George. Is they looked at someone with the higher ceiling because of the size and the speed. Whereas with Tay, like they knew take the ball, but Tay's five eleven. Tay can only run a four, and, and that. Well, yeah, I mean, they do it. They do it with wide receivers, and you see it with quarterbacks too. Like Daniel Jones, like if you look at his stats, like, like I said, like me and Travis looking at his stats before I got on this call, and like, if you look at Daniel Jones' stats compared to other quarterbacks in the draft, like he's a joke. Like he, I think he went through twenty-two and nine, but because he has that quote-unquote quarter, that yeah. quarterback prototype size of what six foot six. Uh, blah blah blah. Like, I, I don't understand how your size or you know your your forty or whatever like dictates as to where you're like how you are as a player compared. Like, look at Russell Wilson. Like, perfect five example. Eleven, somebody but... who's like, what is he? Five eleven, six foot. Not the good size, yeah. but yeah, he's a stud. But yeah, they love that. The they love that ceiling, man. I mean, it's not again, you know. It's not saying these guys like Metcalf and, you know, people are people, you know, we're the only ones here and then everybody else listening um, that knows George, you know, <laughs> we're trying to compare it to where you're looking at guys, obviously George balled out at East Lake, you know, Metcalf, you can argue did, did fine over at Ole Miss. He had, you know, he was productive enough, right? It's not saying these guys like did nothing in college or nothing in high school, but you, you know, they're looking at the upside, man. They're looking at the ceiling, but I look at, uh, you know, a mock track with the mock draft with where Metcalf's going and it's looking like Baltimore. That's, I mean, that's a situation where I look at that offense and he would definitely help out a Lamar Jackson, but that's, I mean, that's another offense where doesn't matter who you have a receiver though. You know, Lewis, yeah, go ahead. I know uh, you wanted to chime in. I'm also seeing at the mock drafts here. I don't, don't believe that Baltimore would be the best place for him. Um, a few places I can think of that would help him. Uh, Green Bay at 12. Um, yeah. Colts at 20, uh, the 26th Oh, yeah, pick. that'd be good. Um, the Steelers at 20th. You know, teams. Mm-hmm. Teams, yeah, but teams that are oh, even, already even a Philly, honestly. Philly a quarterback would be nice. that's established and knows how to get a receiver open or get a receiver to learn how to be open even once yeah. he's not. Uh, I do see the mock draft over here, number 22 spot, right. getting him at Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, he's living the, the running game per se. Uh, I think Metcalf would be underutilized in that offense. And can he help him with a long ball? Sure, yeah. but uh, that's one of the things – Jackson has not been seen as great at is it's a long ball accuracy. Um, I think somebody yeah. else, you know, you can get somebody else in there that's more of a possession receiver, and you throw dink and dunk passes. Um, even yeah. if you pair Antonio Brown, you know, in Oakland with DK Metcalf, those two could be dangerous. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's not. I mean, it's it's a good point there. I mean, I just, you know, when I was doing my mock, I put Metcalf there as, 
you know, the unanimous pick for Baltimore just because that's what I'm seeing. And, I mean, the pick makes sense for Baltimore. It's just that they need to – you got to have an offense where you utilize Metcalf then. You know, if you're going to pick a guy in the first round, if you're going to have someone with that talent, I'm just worried if he goes to a team like Baltimore, you just don't utilize what you have. Because that offense, I mean, a proud Michael Crabtree owner last year in fantasy, right? He goes to Baltimore, right? And he just wasn't utilized. You know, they focused on the run. They did a lot of, um, you know, RPOs, a lot of, you know, um, read options as well, too. They ran the ball a ton. They didn't utilize their receivers. They just didn't. That wasn't their offense, right? So they need to, if you pick a guy like him, if you build around Lamar Jackson actual weapons, you got to use them. So I'd be worried if he goes to a team like that, he's just not as involved as he should be. I don't think a team like that would even take him first, but like the Ravens, like that's not where they want the focal point of their team to be anyway. So, you know, I mean, I don't see them taking somebody, you know, just to take them, you know. I think they go defense. Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, uh, historically, you know, that's, that's their niche, so. They just they just lost uh what's yeah. his name? Uh the guy with beard, Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle. Where'd he go? Uh, and they lost to Real yeah. Weddle, Weddle so, went to I mean, the Rams, right? Yeah. yeah. You got Clarion Farrell there, you have Jonathan is it Jonathan Abrams? Yeah, Jonathan Abrams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two good there, people yeah. players that could fall to number twenty two. Yeah. Um I like their their picks as far as defense who, goes. Who do you think your Who do you think your Steelers get? Oh, they're not my Steelers. They're my uh, my fiance's which means, Steelers. Which means which means um, they're yours. <laughs> which, you got to clarify that um, point, obviously. You know, so not yes, my I games, say this: so they're his. if if Devin Bush is there, they go Devin Bush. Um. I would like for them to get somebody else at wide receiver after Antonio left because. <clears throat> well, that's why me. that's why the talk Juju, that's why the talks at them taking a Hollywood Brown, right? Juju is not your number one receiver, no matter what anybody tells you. Juju is not your number one receiver. No. Juju put up. Juju put up he those is now. because Antonio Brown had a safety and a corner double teaming him. Right, Everybody. and if they're on the, Don't they're tell on the me. same side, Juju just cuts in. He's wide open because all the focus is on Antonio. Exactly. Um, I see them going defense and then taking a wide receiver, maybe Akeem uh, Butler from uh, Iowa State, if it falls down there. In the there. first round? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm oh, saying oh, second. Later, yeah. second I mean, because yeah, wide receivers are going to be there, like, you know, the first three rounds. They'll be right, there. right. Yeah, yeah. If he falls, um, historically, I I feel like they've picked uh, defense over offense, um, and you know maybe maybe they'll surprise people and pick a tight end like Noah Fant, um, because Banks McDonald's is he's really nothing compared in in the terms of tight ends. He's not top ten even. In the league, he's not top fifteen. But most you know. likely, you see them taking a cornerback. Or oh, you said you said Devin Bush initially, but Devin Bush, if he if he's there, <clears throat> just because Ryan Chase here still hasn't been back, and they don't know if he's going to be back. Good update though. He's doing. Um, he they they he was doing box jumps. I saw the other day. 
Yeah, yeah. I saw him yeah. doing box jumps. He's getting after it. If I was the Steelers, I would probably try to get somebody else at wide receiver, somebody that I really like, um, that can help Juju out because again, he's not your number one receiver. You know, he's you know not who's going a, to take just a little, just a little off topic. You know who's like a weird one of those like weird ones I've been seeing bouncing around is Brian Burns out of FSU. Like mm-hmm. I was reading in the paper, yeah, over here in Tampa, Tampa Bay Times. Shout out to them. But uh, he was uh, they had the Bucks, they were like talking about maybe the Bucks should take him at the fifth pick, you know, the FSU product, blah blah blah. And I'm like, and then now I'm looking here on uh, NFL.com, you know, they got him going maybe 15th. Like, I don't know whoever's working on Tampa Bay Times should be fired because uh, clearly they haven't been studying their mock drafts. If you're choosing. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw a little shade at uh, Tampa Bay Times. They don't even cover the Bulls as well as they should, honestly. And to be fair, their business strategy is let's yeah. cover FSU and UF because obviously we all notice Tampa's a huge melting pot, right? Um, so I get right. that, but it's your hometown team. You gotta, you gotta cover your home. Uh, it's just so maybe a little biased by the Tampa Bay Times. <laughs> And wanting Brian Burns, you know, thinking that's a positive. You know, Brian Burns is, um, you know, he's the guy can play. There's no question. But he's a guy where, I mean, he if he goes if he goes in the top ten, I'd be amazed. I mean, he is yeah. more. I think he's a fifteen to twenty guy. Well, and then another one from what I'm seeing here. So the fact that he would go at yeah. five above, he's a good player. He's a good good player. But well, listen, another, I, another one's Josh I'll, Jacobs. I'll stop here. I'll stop. You see him. Some some people were saying that the Bucks should take him with the fifth pick, and then like, but if the Bucks don't, if, let's say if the Bucks didn't take him, which I pray to the good Lord that he doesn't, that they don't, but he they got him going all the way down to like the twenty fourth pick, uh, for the Raiders, like, why? So why would the Bucks take him at, at yeah. fifth? Only just the you know, is are the, the mock drafts just trying to mess with us or you know make us you know. Question, question ourselves. I, I, I don't know why, why even torture us like that and make us think that the Bucks would take a, a mediocre running back with the fifth pick. That that goes back to my original point of you know there's really no gap between players. There's no clear number one. Why would you take a running back at number five? Is he not you know safe right one? exactly like especially or like. The the draft went uh four what was that was it three years ago when Fournette was taken because what it went Fournette right. McCaffrey you know what I mean when you have like high level guys like that it's like all right I get it but like you know what I mean somebody like Josh Jacobs okay you know is he a stud is he a product of you know a great offense I mean he's probably a little bit of both um not gonna he'd lie. be okay but, but I mean I don't think he's top ten worthy. No, 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 no. Uh, no, he's. I like the dude. I mean, I you know I saw what he did in um the playoffs, playoffs, the college football playoffs. Obviously, not the NFL playoffs, right? The playoffs. But um, I think this dude's got huge upside. But I know Nick brought up when you went on um, yeah, NFL.com yeah. and it's like pick the pick, right? And he was there. I'm like, dude, 
I ignored that. I didn't even comment on it. That's it's how silly, but then, silly but then I thought that Bucks was. Fan, though, Again, it's not. It it's, you, like, it's worried because you never know. But you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, the thing is, I like the dude, man, but. Again, it's not hating the player, but if you're picking to, him at five, what happened to come Greedy on. Williams? He really come on now. When I was looking at the mock drafts, I think probably before the playoffs, just because you know the Buck season was over, so I figured it was time to start looking. Um, they had Greedy Williams <laughs> in like a top ten, like one of the top corners, but yeah, I don't really see. I'm not really seeing him like as as like. Like where would he get taken? Like when when do cornerbacks start coming into play? Because it's not really a, a cornerback heavy draft, really. But corner, corner, corner. No, and I. It seems like this is. It seems like this is the year where it's not a heavy secondary. And I'm looking at guys like you have Greedy Williams, Justin Lane. You have Abram, um, yeah. someone brought uh, Lewis brought up Abram early. Um, there's Nasir Adderley, there's this kid from Temple, his name is, yeah, there's, um, Rocky Asin as well, too, his name is Rocky Asin, he's from Temple, he was a first, he was mocked in the first round as well, too, but all of this is, like, later on in the 20s, I don't know if it's, I, I don't think the second, from my understanding, I don't think it's a weak draft there, but it's just I don't think anybody in the top twenty needs second. That's what it seems like. I mean, I'd have to look, man. But I don't think it's that bad of a draft from the secondary standpoint. It's just I feel like with cornerbacks and safeties, there's more of a gap between Williams, Byron Murphy, um, Jonathan Abrams. Those seem to be the clear cut guys um, in their positions. Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody else have heard Greedy Williams says he's the top corner. Um, he seems to be. He ha- he has the height. He has the speed and the the tape. You know, while playing at LSU, who is known for producing corners. I, I if I was a team needing a cornerback, yeah. he would probably be the guy that I'd take. It's just a weird. It's a weird, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll finish off. We'll finish off here. We only went 40 minutes over the time that I wanted to end this podcast, which, um, you know, we did a good job, I guess, you know, <laughs> keeping this, keeping this sucker going for a little bit longer here. But uh, with my final thoughts on this draft and, you know, we can obviously talk about this after and, you know, see the carnage that happens after Thursday. Right. But it's a, what I'm looking at with this, it's a very weird draft. And maybe, you know, you always hope for the fireworks on Thursday. You hope your team obviously makes the right pick and you hope that the Bucks don't take a kicker upon it with the first round. But, you know, you're hoping for fireworks. You're hoping for some craziness, <laughs> right? And this would be the year for it to happen. I mean, there are some great players in this draft, but every, every mock I'm looking at, the players that are ranked high, Again, there's talent there. Like, there, there are good players in this draft. But my final thought is it's all over the board this year. It really is. I mean, each position has a good amount of depth to it. Probably beside your running back. I think your running back position is really the weakest spot this year. And maybe linebacker. Besides your Devin Whites and your maybe not backer. But it's just a – it's going to be a weird draft. If it doesn't – if it is not a shocking – Thursday night result where 
you know, trades are happening, picks you didn't expect to happen. If it's not that type of draft, I'd be shocked. And that's my final thought. I like it. I just, I just hope the Bucks make yeah, something happen. Just, that's all I can. Lewis, you got anything? Any final, any final thoughts? Fun, somebody that can help us and, you know, eventually win some games. Or, or if they trade back, they, this they, is they know what they're doing, you know. <laughs> Come on, like, dude, just, just get us to, just get us to playoffs, man. Like, like you know, the only if the Orlando Magic can get, hey, you got to like, listen. We all got to agree, though. The NBA is a little bit easier to get into the playoffs than the NFL. I mean, I'm just saying, not hating on the, not hating on the Orlando Magic, but no. you know, this, <laughs> this, um, you know, you look at it, you look at the team like the Bucks, right, and. You guys, you guys are just missing. I mean, you guys are missing some pieces, man. I mean, you can get there. Obviously, playing in the NFC South, it's no easy division whatsoever. Probably, probably, arguably the hardest one in the league. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fight. I don't see the Bucks messing up at pick five. If they do, I'll be amazed. To be completely honest with you, with the way this draft looks like, I'd be amazed if they mess this up. I say, I say they're probably gonna take Devin White if uh, it's there. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's Devin White, and I think you know, touching on the Pats real quick, it's going to be a trade out of the first round to acquire more second and third round picks, and then you know do a Bill Belichick special and pick guys that you never heard of who either turn out to be something or turn out to not be something, and that's what's going to happen. That's what I'm expecting. Like like the J C like Jackson. But if you think the Pats are taking a receiver at 32. You are sorely mistaken. And if they do, I'm completely wrong. And I'll admit, you know, I'll admit that I was wrong. I don't even know what to say. If they pick someone at 30, if they pick a receiver there, I'd be shocked. I'll be completely honest with you. Has nothing to do with there not being talent there, but I'd be amazed. All right, guys, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, Please let me know what your thoughts are. For the pre-draft, I know that we're coming up on a day until the NFL draft kicks off on Thursday. But want to thank uh, Nick and Lewis real quick just for them contributing and, you know, giving their thought points on. And I really, really enjoyed getting a chance to do this with them. It's two guys that really know the sport and can contribute well to the topic at hand. Uh, please share this podcast and um, yeah, support it. You know, we're going to be making some more podcasts down the road. Hoping to make a post-draft podcast with them as well, too. Kind of going over the first three rounds and what that looked like. Uh, We'll see, but uh, keep your eyes on the horizon. God bless, and we'll see you next time.